0: Welcome to the Asbury Free Methodist Broadcast, where today we will be listening to this week's sermon by Pastor Brent Russell. So when I prayed the pastoral prayer there, what I did was use the word pray, P-R-A-Y. We praise, and then we repent, and then we ask for others, and then you ask for yourself. And we're going to be talking about prayer. This is our second in the series of prayer. I want you to know... This morning we're going to look at why pray, but I also want you to know how to pray. (coughs) Uh, Most of us understand that, well, prayer's a good thing, right? Most of us get that, and yet most of us don't pray as much as we think we should. And I think buried in that dilemma is some misunderstanding about prayer. And I hope by the end of this series that, that much of what happened, you'll know that much of what happens depends on your prayer. I'm hoping that you will know that how much God desires to answer your prayer. Uh, I, I am hoping that, you, you, that we will disarm the lies of the enemy that keeps us from praying. And I'm hoping that, that you will be motivated to pray as individuals and corporately as well. So here's a question that often comes up when we pray, or when we, when we think about prayer. If God knows what we need... Why do we need to pray? And that's a reasonable question. Today I want to give you five reasons why we need to pray. If you heard me preach before, you will, you will know uh, my sermons usually have a point. I hope they have a point. Um, but they normally don't have five points. Um, and uh, I want you to know that uh, the reason why I do that is that we have trouble remembering a lot of points. And so if you are thinking, oh, that, those were really good points... I want you to know the manuscript for the sermon is on the website, and so you can go back and review those points there if you want to. You will notice when I usually preach, I I usually stick to one passage of Scripture with uh, others uh, coming in, but there's usually one main passage of Scripture. But during the series, I I need to cover so much territory that we're going to be going uh, through a bunch of different Scriptures. So with that disclaimer, back to the question, why pray? Well, the first reason is this, to reinforce our connection with God. Jesus talked about prayer, and he said, well, don't be like the people who think their prayers are going to be answered because they use a whole lot of words. Uh, for your Father knows what you need even before you ask. And yet when, when the disciples came to Jesus and, and said, Lord, teach us to pray, how did he teach them to pray? Give us this day our daily bread. So he knows what we ask, we need, but he says, give us this day our daily bread. And what's up with that? Here's what you need to know. You were never designed to live life apart from your Creator. Uh, so God decided to tie our needs to prayer because our independent, self-sufficient old nature usually defaults to life apart from God. One of the most important passages of Scripture for understanding the Christian life is found in, in John chapter 15. You hear me quote it often. Remain in me or abide in me, and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit apart from me you can do nothing as a follower of jesus you were meant to remain in him you were meant to do life with god not apart from god you're meant to stay connected to god not live independently from god so god has so ordered our lives that much of what matters depends on our connection with god it depends on prayer 1 corinthians chapter 1 verse 9 god is faithful who has called you into fellowship with His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. God calls you to pray because He wants you to know that He is faithful, and He has called you into this connection with Him, this fellowship with Him, where you are deeply and firmly rooted in Him. God calls you to pray because He wants a deep, personal, ongoing intimate relationship with you. And that doesn't happen apart from prayer. If you're far from God, and if you wonder if God wants a relationship with you, listen to his words to people who were attending church. There was a lot going right in that church. But listen to his longing for them and his longing to be connected with them. Revelation chapter 3, verse 20. This is Jesus talking. Here I am. I stand at the, the door and knock. He's talking about the door of our hearts. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I, I will come in and I will eat with that person and they with me. I'm going to have fellowship with them. I'm going I'm to share my life with them. Why pray? Because it reinforces our connection with God. We are lived to be in relationship with the Lord of the universe. Second reason is this, to grow in our faith. God often waits for us to ask for what we need so that we will properly value his gift when we receive them. One of the ways our faith grows is by seeing answers to prayer. Our faith is expanded when we see God come through. John Calvin once said, good things uh, that we do not ask for will usually be interpreted by our hearts as the fruit of our own wisdom and intelligence. That thickens the illusion of of self-sufficiency that leads to overconfidence and sets up failure. This, I believe, by the way, you don't hear a whole lot of John Calvin quotes from me, but look at that. Um, this, I believe, is, is the root of so much of anemic prayer in Canada. See, we, we live in a great country, and we live in a great part of the country, where we have many good things. And we often take those good things for granted, Or worse, we we take them as the fruit of our own wisdom and intelligence, and so when the when the big problems of life surface, the problems that we know that are outside of our control, we then turn to God. But but we've already brought into the illusion of self sufficiency, so that when we go to pray, there's very little faith we fail to acknowledge that the air we breathe and the food we eat and the clothes we wear ultimately come from god we don't pray about the meetings we have to go to because well we can rely on our own skills we don't pray with about what's going to happen in our day because whatever happens we will we'll handle it often we miss what god wants to do in our days because we live lives of self-sufficiency. And so when bad news from the doctor comes, or that phone call happens in the middle of the night, or that spouse is saying that he or she doesn't love you anymore, we're lost. Our self-sufficiency has set us up for failure. We haven't relied on God for the small things, and so how do we trust God for the, the big things? But Jesus has a better way. He teaches us to pray about all of our lives. As we we pray and we reflect, we, we start to see the fingerprints of God on our lives. We see the meeting that we prayed about and went to. Well, it was better than it should have been. We see that coffee time that we had with somebody well, the conversation went a little deeper than it might otherwise have gone. We see our blessings more clearly. We see God at work more often. And we trust Him because faith is rising. We trust Him in the small things. So when we get the horrible news, we're already experienced with the activity of God in our lives. We can trust Him now talking to one of my friends in in Cuba this week, um, or last week, I should say. And you need to understand that the people in Cuba, they're as well educated as we are. Um, They're probably a lot, work a lot harder than we do. Yet they don't have near as much as we have. My friend's wife has ongoing significant health problems. She has run out of ibuprofen. Which she's been using to take the infection down and control the pain. Even if they have the money, there's none on the shelves. They can't get it. My friend tells me that right now they have enough to eat, but it's almost impossible to find any kind of protein. When my friend, who is a pastor, calls a prayer meeting, people show up. There's no sense of self sufficiency. Much of life is outside their control. But I have talked with these people through a translator. And these people are people of faith. Great faith. Strong faith. Now, I'm not suggesting that we need to go through a famine. I am suggesting that we need to pray about our lives. The temptation in our country is towards self-sufficiency. But faith is better. I know that one of the things that needs to happen as Asbury is that our faith in God needs to grow. Why pray? Well, it reinforces our connection with God. But as we start to pray, it grows our faith. Third answer to that question is, well, prayer changes us. God has a way of changing us when we pray. You may, may remember um, Peter in Acts chapter 10. He was on the roof of a house in Jerusalem, and he was praying, and he was, says he was in the Lord, and, and they were pray- he was praying, <clears throat> and he sees this sheet drop down from heaven, and in it is all this unkosher stuff, and a voice comes from heaven and says, kill and eat, and Peter says, no way, I've always eaten kosher. The vision happens three times. And then the Spirit says to Peter, There's somebody going to come and show up at your door. I want you to go with them. And these people were Gentiles, non Jewish people, people like us. Now, you need to understand that Peter wasn't supposed to go into their house, he wasn't supposed to really associate with them. Um, he growing up with the fact that you don't do that. But he was in prayer. And as he was praying, God showed up. And Peter was changed. And he went to Cornelius' Kenor- house and bore witness to the gospel, and they were saved. And that was really the genesis of ministry to people like you and me. I found that prayers changed my attitude in, in many different ways. and um, There were times I was... Waiting on God in prayer, and well, he didn't seem to be answering. I found that part of what God wanted to do was change me, change my heart. There's been times when God's convicted me to pray for people who had offended me. And God, when you pray for people who you're having a hard time loving, has a way of breaking through and giving you love. I've often heard Psalm 37, verse 4, that says, take delight in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of of your heart. One of the reasons God can make that promise is that prayer changes us. As we delight in the Lord, our desire and his desire have a way of merging into one. Prayer changes us. But prayer not only changes uh, wrong attitudes, but it creates right attitudes. Ephesians chapter six says, "I pray, out of His glorious riches, <clears throat> excuse me, pray out of His glorious riches, that He may strengthen you with power through His Spirit in your inner being." When you spend time with God in prayer, God has a way of strengthening you on the inside so that you're able to walk with confidence in this world because that you know that you are in God and God is in you and that you can trust him. Fear is banished. Anxiety is diminished. And confidence rises because, well, God is near you. That kind of confidence changes us. It allows you to walk into uncertain situations from a position of Strength you don't really know what's going to happen, but you know that God's going to be there. I've seen that in my own life. If I had been pastoring 20 years ago through COVID, I would have been full of angst. I would be full of angst right now. See, we don't know what's going to happen in our future. Ministry has changed. Attendance uh, patterns have changed. Giving practices have changed. There are a lot of unknowns. But I know this. God is with us. We can rely on him. We can trust him in the middle of this change. Yeah, things are different, and they're going to be different. 2019 is not returning. But we can trust God. God is, is going to provide. He'll give us the wisdom we need to figure out what we need to figure out. God will give us what we need. So I don't have a whole lot of angst about the future. I have a whole lot of questions about the future. But no angst. I'm trusting God. Prayers change me. It'll change you too. I pray to reinforce our connection with God. Grows our faith, prayer changes us. Fourth reason is to keep us from falling into temptation. Matthew chapter 26, verse 41. Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane tells his disciples, Watch and pray so you will not fall into temptation. Spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. You know, sometimes we're, we're tempted because our heart desires something that is different than what God desires. That's what the Bible calls the flesh. We're, we're sometimes tempted by the world. We live in a world that takes no thought of God. The systems of our world, whether they um, be the, the healthcare system or the educational system or the government system or, or business, sometimes intentionally, but most often unintentionally, push us towards a life without God. The Bible also tells us that there is an enemy of our soul. He goes by various names Satan, devil, Lucifer. But sometimes our temptation originates with the demonic. Uh, Jesus experienced that. You probably will too. So Jesus says, watch and pray. Watch and pray that you don't fall into temptation. Paul says in Ephesians chapter 6, put on the full armor of God so that you may take your stand against the devil's schemes. Prayer is a way to put your armor on. There's a way that Jesus taught us to, to face temptation. Not so much that you focus on your temptation, by the way, because always praying about your temptation is not the way to, to go. It's giving and setting your temptation before God and saying, God, you know, I'm tempted towards that. I leave that with you. But Lord, would you strengthen my relationship with you? Because as you focus on who God is, there's a way that the temptation has, has less strength. Fifth and final reason we need to pray is this. Prayer allows us to actively participate in the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is found everywhere where where God's ways are followed, where his his rules are submitted to. So much of, of what our world follows is the ways of the evil one. And the evil one, the Bible tells us, his goal is to kill and to steal and destroy. But God wants to bring life. True life, abundant life. The kingdom of God is found where, where God's ways cause this world and its people to flourish. This can be seen in how we treat people. People are respected and built up and encouraged, not manipulated. Kingdom of God will be seen in how we use money. In the kingdom of God, money serves the purposes of God. The people of God don't serve money. The kingdom of God will be seen in our relationships. Love is the primary rule. It shows up in how we live out our sexuality. We don't use people. The kingdom of God shows up in how we we do business, how we treat each other. Can you imagine living in a place where the poor are valued as much as the rich? can you imagine living in a place where the environment flourishes and business flourishes and people are flourishing because they're following God's ways? Listen, in this world, we will never live in utopia, but we are called to be God's agents in the kingdom of God to bring flourishing to this world. One thing I know because I work with people a lot is that people's lives are really messy addictions are real there is love but oftentimes people's lives are filled with anger and bitterness and unforgiveness and sometimes even hatred we judge each other and we're completely unaware of the log that's in our own eye In our town, there are people who are plagued with a failure to flourish. Prayer allows us to actively participate in the kingdom of God and in the purposes of God. It allows us to to see what it means for our lives to flourish and for the lives of those around us to flourish. It allows us to cooperate with God in the different aspects of abundant life, to settle in our hearts, our our families, our, our church, our, our community, that all these spheres would flourish. I've often found that the way the gospel is portrayed sometimes is way too narrow. We talk about praying the sinner's prayer to get into heaven. Listen to Colossians chapter 1, verse 19. For God was pleased to have his fullness dwell in him, Jesus. And through him, to reconcile to himself, catch this, all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. All things. He's not just reconciling people. He's reversing the curse from the Garden of Eden. The curse has infected the environment, our health, personal relationship, community relationships, and, of course, relationship with God himself. In prayer, you are invited to allow the kingdom of God not only to invade your own heart, but to allow the spirit of God to move in our community. You are cooperating with God to see His kingdom come and His will be done. You are cooperating with Him as He reconciles all things to Himself. In prayer, you, you're going to receive specific directions for living and for ministering as we follow the promptings of God. We're going to see that He'll cause our hearts to flourish. That's what He does. He changes us but then as we start praying for the big things around us as well, our community to flourish. Apart from Him, we can do nothing. Connected to Him, amazing things happen. Why pray? To reinforce our connection to God, to grow in our faith, because prayer changes us. To keep us from falling into temptation, prayer allows us to actively participate in the kingdom of God. So, are you comfortable with how much you pray? Or do you think maybe your prayer life should be more than it is? This is not a guilt thing. This is a yeah, we need to have a conversation with Jesus so we can flourish, thing. So, what I want to ask you is, if you are feeling that, yeah, I need to pray some more, I mean, not all of you will. Some of your prayer lives are vibrant, and you're praying as much as you should. Um, But if you do need to pray for more, let me ask you a question. What time are you going to pray at? And how long are you going to pray for? If you're just starting out, 15 minutes, it'll grow from there. Um, and where are you going to pray? I'm going to spend some time, and we're going to spend some time in quiet prayer. And I want you to answer those questions in your own heart and talk to God about it. Lord, when should I pray? 7 o'clock in the morning? 10 o'clock in the evening? For how long should I pray? 15 minutes, 20 minutes, an hour? And uh, where am I going to do that? Because prayer often happens more when you associate it with a place. So let's pray together. Lord Jesus, in these moments of silence, as we look at, do you want us to pray more than we are? I invite you to speak into that. If the answer is yes, Lord, show us how much. Lord, and Lord, protect us from um, trying to discipline ourselves into spirituality. You've called us to pray, but Lord, for each of us, it's going to be a different thing. So, Lord, when would you like us to pray? And how long would you like us to pray for? where would you like us to do that? Praise us in your name, Lord. Amen. Thanks for joining us this week on Asbury Free Methodist Broadcast. Make sure to visit our website at asburyfmperth.com where you can subscribe and never miss a show. If you'd like this broadcast, you might want to check out our Facebook page, Asbury Free Methodist Church. Until next week, take care and God bless.